My name is Tommaso, your first year student host for the My First Year Story podcast. Here, I'll be sitting down with people who have the answers to your college questions and who can help me survive my first year as a University of Connecticut student by telling their own first year stories during our conversations. I am joined on the show today by Damani Douglas. He has been a member of the UConn Undergraduate Student Government, or USG, for three years and also holds titles in many other organizations, including being the Hartford Nature Club treasurer, university senator. Notably, he is the first USG chief diversity officer in University of Connecticut history. Thank you so much for being with me today, Damani. Would you please introduce yourself to our listeners? Name, major, pronouns, hotown, and your go-to song for karaoke. So my name is Damani Douglas. My majors are political science and communications. Um, I recently departed my philosophy minor, um, uh, just more writing than I was expecting. My pronouns are he, him, his. My hometown, uh, I currently live in West Hartford, Connecticut, um, but I did more of my growing up in a uh, town called Hudson, New Hampshire, and my go-to song for karaoke (laughs) is Sweet Caroline because it has a lot of repeating parts and the you don't have to do like a lot of singing. Like it doesn't test your voice. You yeah. can really just shout that song and you'll you'll get the applause every time. And it's a crowd pleaser. I mean, I don't think exactly. Sweet Caroline comes on and nobody goes, I'll turn this off. You know what I mean? Hey, it's hey, always met with exactly. cheers. <laughs> so um, let's just start off and tell us how you got involved with student government. Uh, what sparked your interest and what did you hope to achieve when you first joined? Uh, so I was in student government in, in high school. Uh, it, at that point, it, it was called uh, student council. And that, I, I, really, I really enjoyed that. Um, although my, my, my senior year, I, I, I had run for um, student council vice president and I had lost, um, which means that the, I, I lost my last election in, in high school. So I just wanted to win an election. <laughs> Um, that, that was a, a motivating factor. I I think that that's probably the thing that I just want to achieve was to, was to, to win the, the trust of my, uh, of my constituents kind of off the bat. One of the first things that I did when I, uh, the week of the involvement fair was search directly for student government and, and just learn what it did here and, and how I could, how I could get involved. Yeah, and you are very much involved now. Um, so who are some leaders at UConn you saw in your first year or in that first involvement fair who kind of inspired you to get involved in the things you're a part of today? Yeah, so that, um, for me, for me, it was, uh, it was convocation. So mm-hmm. literally that, that first night um, that, I, that I was able to spend on campus, it was, uh, I, I, can, I can remember it very clearly. I uh, was sitting on the, the grass of the student union lawn and I looked up and the then president of the student body, uh, a woman named uh, Ama was standing on stage and she was giving a, a, a speech about her four year time at UConn, the things that she uh, as a black woman had to kind of overcome in the STEM field. She was a uh, MCB major um, and pre-med when she, when she first came in and the hurdles that she had talked about having gone through uh, and where she was able to, to make it to. Um, and she, and, you know, at this point, she is pursuing a, a master's in business administration. And so for me, she was, was and continues to be an inspiration for me, uh, both as a leader and as a person. 
Yeah, and I think those speeches, like there's definitely, when you hear leaders talk about what kind of led them to what they do, it, it is a lot of inspiring speeches and that kind of, when, when speech writing, I mean, I took a rhetoric class in high school and it's like, you got to know your audience. And I guess her audience was, was you. Um, and, and she, the, the, the way that she, she told her story, it, it, it resonated with me. And I, I think it, it, it really, it really captivated the whole, the whole audience. Um, and so what is something from your first year that was kind of influential to what you took in your leadership roles? So in my freshman year, I was in the, the scholars learning community. And I, I, I think our, our director, um, who is someone uh, named Dr. Eric Hines, um, I, every, every week um, he would send out emails on Monday, Motivational Monday. Uh, and as a, as a part of that, he would impart some some useful piece of information, uh, knowledge, wisdom on how how we could um, both approach the week and, and kind of uh, you know guide through 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 greater like life in general. And 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 one of one of those was the folks who are 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 with you are with you. And and what that what that kind of meant for me was in in that learning community. I had a bunch of people who, you know, who, who were on my side, who were on my team, who could just help me out. Uh, folks who I maintained connections with after I left the learning community, um, but also within, within those first years, um, like I, I, um, I was the, the chair of this, of the student development committee and the external affairs committee. And even in my current capacity, there are times where I hold meetings where I just need people to come. Right. right. Like, the audience exactly exactly i need like five ten people to show just for the thing not to be a failure um and to be able to just be like hey i need an hour of your time on this day and have people who are just willing to to just show up and just be a part of that support network for me has has really been in invaluable right and when you break it down to something so simple as that like i just need an hour of your time on like you said any given day it takes kind of away that block that I think some people don't go to things because they don't want to be seen as political or something. And it's just you supporting someone, supporting your friend, or even if they didn't know you, just you supporting someone else. Exactly, exactly. Um, and so because you can lean on all these different people at UConn, you are involved in such a variety of different activities and initiatives at UConn. And one thing that I will never stop hearing and never stop saying is, getting get involved in stuff so what which advice would you give to first year students about getting involved in different activities and especially in like today's current climate and if they want to get involved in political activities how would you say they do that yeah um i i'm gonna sound like a cliche here um, <laughs> but it, you know it's the, it, it's the truth there there really is uh an organization on at UConn for anything that you may want to to get involved with. So if that if that is something uh, that that is political, I would tell folks to first just take a look around Instagram, right? Um, pay attention to pay attention to people's Instagram stories because the the, the political clubs in general are very active on Instagram, uh, and their members go ahead and share. Uh, reshare their content. So if you want to see what's what's going on in those, just pay attention to the the Instagram stories of the people who live on your floor, um, or people with the word Yukon in their bio. Mm -hmm. uh, that those are 
just kind of great ways to kind of get a pulse on, on, on what's going on in, in that arena. Um, something I like to, to point to is the stand-up comedy club, um, which, you know, I had a friend of mine um, who wanted to, he wanted to get into stand-up. Um, and we typed the word stand-up into you contact uh, and boom, you know, there, there, there it was. And there's just so many, so many groups that you, you really just have to look. You just have to look. Um, yeah. There's going to be someone else who, who's interested in that. And I think that's the benefit of going to such a large university with such a di diverse student body is that there you're going to find something for everybody. Yeah, it's a numbers and, game, really, and, and you'll you'll always win. Yeah, and I hopefully it doesn't hurt these first year students who have kind of not been able to get involved, especially those living off campus, because I think it will be really important for the university to kind of hammer home next year when hopefully things are more have returned to normalcy that you can still get involved it doesn't you don't just have to be a first year student i so agree and i think that there's a lot of outreach that um that that clubs can probably do a little bit better job of, of making sure that we get to those um that we get to those first year students um and and make sure that that they know that even even if you're not in in person there's no reason you can't be involved right um, right. And so now sort of shifting the conversation to talking about your chief diversity officer position. Um, why do you think it's especially important for UConn to have a chief diversity officer in its student government? And how does that office impact students and administration? Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll give a, a little bit of a background on the position. Uh, we, over the past year, the university added um, at the university level a VP of, uh, of, of inclusion who's also the chief diversity officer, um, a, a gentleman by the name of, of Dr. Frank Tewitt. And while we were kind of looking at our own organization, particularly we were taking a look at um, the leadership of, our, uh, of, of USG uh, and how that had changed over time. And, and of course we were taking this critical look uh, because of the Black Lives Matter movement and the, uh, the killings of, of George Floyd and, and Breonna Taylor. We were wondering how can we make sure that we're always at every level in our organization, particularly at the executive and leadership levels, including diversity in the conversation. Uh, and I think that's why it was, it was so important that within our, our, our organization, we create um, and, and, and fill this role. Actually, immediately before you know, we, we sat down to talk, uh, I had a meeting with um, President Katsileas, Dr. Tewitt, VP uh, Michael Gilbert, who's, who's student affairs, and we were talking about the way that the university reacts to, to instances of bias and, and the way they, specifically, we were talking about uh, anti-Semitism um, right. and the way that the university approaches and, and thinks about that. And I think it's so powerful that students are, are in those conversations and are, are, are causing a change at, at that level and that our voices are being taken seriously. Right. And um, especially with the acts of violence against the the um, the Hello House last semester, I think that's definitely an important thing to talk about. And an, another movement, the Black Lives Matter movement, has seen an incredible influx in agency this year. Um, how have you seen that affect the policies and practices of undergraduate student government, UConn, and your just your role in general? Yeah. So with USG, I think it's it's really changed. The kinds of things that we talk about. There has been you know, historically, there's been kind of a barrier where you know if something feels kind of political, we we don't uh, we we would avoid it. 
and, and this year in particular, I don't think that, that that has been true. Uh, when you take a look at um, movements like uh, defund the police, which are, you know, spawned from the, the Black Lives Matter movement, we, we, we've had intensive and continual discussions both about the UCPD, Yukon's own uh, police department, but we have, have gone so far as to uh, say, yeah, uh, the way that the university is, is currently using uh, our tuition dollars really to, to fund and, and support policing needs to change. It needs to be done differently. Uh, and of course, we, we, we've been having those conversations both with ourselves and then also with the Division of Public Safety. Right. Um, and, and, and really having, having those conversations, looking at, okay, um, since, the, since residential uh, housing was at a uh, much lower level than it had been in the past, who are the affected parties there? Um, is there a, a racial, gender, age imbalance in who was not offered that hand back? Uh, right. And really uh, questioning and working with uh, administration on, okay, but have you, have you looked at it through through this lens yeah and it's hard especially when you're not the demographic that's facing these issues and it's so easy to just say that that's not that's not happening because you're not seeing it but that is what i think like you said it's really important that you need to pay that everyone just needs to pay closer attention to each other and just focusing on it yeah yeah and i I think in in the student government in particular i think that what you just said was right on point where uh, when you have a, a, a group of folks like USG um, who all are, are, are passionate folks concerned about um, the things that affect them and things that you know affect the university, I think that this semester we've really been able to take a look at the things that don't affect everyone in the student government and take a, a, a much more aggressive and active role um, in, in how do we advocate for for uh, for the BIPOC communities, how do we advocate against and uh, against and prevent acts of of, of anti-Semitism um, and so many other things that that would were not a part of the regular conversation before. No, and um, another thought that just came to mind is I think student government is such a like all student governments and especially USG here at UConn is like such an interesting place to be because who knows maybe these leaders who are involved now are going to be the leaders who are enacting change in everywhere society not just at UConn so it's kind of it is that mm, I don't know if I'm using the word correctly but like microcosm and where we're kind of living at a smaller scale and so if things work out here why who's to say they can't work out out there undoubtedly um as you know, I, I'm a, a political science major. Um, thinking about maybe working in, in, in government uh, years down the line, um, I, I I kind of view this in, in some respects as you know a, a training ground, right? Um, where I am, I'm a member of the constituency, um, and I am working with the the folks in power. In this case, it's the administration. Um, in several years, that might be a government official, uh, a senator, a, a governor, a representative, um, an administrator in, in, in some department, uh, and just learning how to how to work with those folks to to cause to cause change. Absolutely, I think that that microcosm analogy is 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 dead on. Right, and so 
talking about your this is your first year as chief diversity officer and now the semester is over have you kind of completed goals that you first thought you first set out to complete and if not like what are the plans to accomplish them yeah um so that that's a that's a great question uh and the answer the answer is no I, I, had a, I had a I had a set of goals, um, and I I don't I don't think I have uh, reached any of them. Well, actually, I don't think I've reached all of them. I think I've I've, I've reached some of them. Uh, one of the one of the ones that uh, is is going to be very central for my work in the spring semester is how do I make sure, uh, or how do we as you know the undergraduate student government make sure that we are including as many different voices as possible mm -hmm. um you know our our idea as a representative government is is we want to make sure that every every student concern is something that we will hear and something that we will talk about and something that we could even act on and getting as many different voices as possible in the conversation uh has been one of my goals from the from the beginning one of the one of the, the things that that makes that difficult is I keep learning about new perspectives. I keep learning about new um, about new niches um, and more issues that uh, affect uh, a, a different group of students. Uh, I'll, I'll take an, an example of, of something that I've been working with um, our our parliamentarian, a uh, amazingly capable uh, woman named Neha Kataria, um, on, and, and that is. There, uh, an issue that USC has been focusing on for a while has been food insecurity. Mm -hmm. um, there are a significant number of students uh, who who were on campus before, which is when we collected our, our data, who were just for for one reason or another unable to access um, nutritious, good, reliable um, foods on the day to day. Uh, with the pandemic and less folks having a meal plan, uh, we we expect that that has, has probably been made worse. But there was a new angle that I was kind of brought to me was that we have a we have a a a significant number of students who don't have somewhere to live between the semesters. Right. Uh, and that was that was uh, something that Neha really brought to my attention. And now uh, it's how do we make sure that in our food insecurity um, dialogues and conversations that we're making sure that we reach that group in particular. Uh, because you know, if, if you if you don't have um, somewhere to live, somewhere to sleep, then the question of you know how are you eating becomes that much that much bigger uh, and, and needs to be that much more central to the the conversation that we're having. So when when I look at you know why why has that not been a a, a box that's been checked? Why haven't I, I reached that goal? I think the fact that I haven't is is probably more of a testament to just the, the diversity of the student body, but also just the many, many, many different perspectives that I've been able to to learn about um, over this semester, and I hope to continue uh, in the next semester. Yeah, and you've had a variety of experiences coming to college. Which ones would you say have taught you the most and why? And where do you see all your leadership roles maybe taking you in the future? I know you mentioned government. Yeah, um, one of my, my I got, so lucky my freshman year. I mean, again, this was an opportunity I had through um, through the scholars learning community. Is I was uh, able to spend spring break uh, in in Brazil and as part of a study abroad program. Um, and it was 
it, it was it was it was so informative and I, and I learned so much um the the thing that was was really kind of amazing for me was looking at the way um other folks looked at uh at the united states mm -hmm. so this this was this was um kind of an educational exchange program so we we met with with um students at the university level in brazil um and we talked about our, our, our different experiences and what our various education systems were like um and first seeing the the all, all the all the many things that i kind of take for granted through education mm -hmm. um uh, the fact that our we have quality free higher education um versus the the near absence of that for so many uh, of those students uh and just so many of the other privileges um that you know i get because i was born in, into the into the right country um and then and then kind of looking at looking at that again from from coming home uh home back to the united states back to connecticut uh and then seeing that again on the smaller scale uh, of, okay, now that was a difference between uh, me and someone who was born in another country. Now let me look at the difference between me and someone who's born in another zip code. Right, right. who's still uh, facing probably those same issues. Exactly, exactly. Seeing those issues come back home and, and, and being able to see, look at, and work with, um, work with, with, with folks who, um, had experiences I didn't have, uh, or, or the other way, who I had experiences that 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 they um, did not has has been super super informative for me. Um, I think as a leader, but also really as as a person who regularly interacts with and, and loves to interact with 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 other people. people. Yeah, and that's really one of the only true ways to get informed about others. Is you can't just like read about them or or watch movies and stuff. You just have to hear it from their their mouths and hear their stories personally and so speaking of stories um one thing that I, I personally i just always think about is how how you'll be remembered and and legacy and all of that and kind of what do you want your legacy to be at uconn <laughs> or if, even if not after you graduate like what what do you want people to say about damani douglas yeah i'll i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna answer that question but i'm gonna note first that i'm a junior i still gotta i still have a year uh, to make your mark yes yes absolutely so uh what i when i what i kind of want is i want the the students who are here at uconn in five or, or ten years um to look back and say look at all of the all of the progress that we've made. Look at the um, look at the hopeful polling place that we have on campus. The receptiveness to student concerns that exists within the administration, and I want them to not struggle with the kind of advocacy burdens that we're we're, we're working through today. So I allude to a polling place right now. UConn does not have a polling place on campus. Um, and when you have a population of 16,000 students, uh, a fair number of which you can uh, reasonably expect to be eligible voters, it's kind of crazy that we don't have a, a, a voting place on campus. Like we have yeah. our own zip code, but not our own polling place. Um, and, and so five, 10 years from now, I, I want those students to be able to have those kind of luxuries that we're working for now and mm -hmm. to just 
feel like they don't have to they don't have to go out of their way to have their concerns addressed because they will be a part of a a part of a system a part of a, a community that's always listening for their concerns i think that's a really good sort of legacy to have is to just want people's needs to be met even though that is such a basic concept and that mm -hmm. people should just automatically have their needs met and it's unfortunate <laughs> unfortunate that we're currently living in a situation where that's not the case but that is something i think that is great to work for and so to kind of close off our conversation um this is our signature question we asked all of our guests so we're all a first at something um whether you're the first person to go to college in your family or something else um what do you feel like you've been the first at and how has that impacted your 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 story so that that was a i so first i really do love that question um and there are so many instances where uh, where the the work of folks who have have come before you uh, has has made the things that you're doing um, just that much easier, a little bit easier uh, along the, the the path that that you walk. So sometimes it, it, it's difficult to say what who who am I um, who am I doing that for? Um, and so I, I think I'm going to pick. Um, pick my role as, as chief diversity officer. Um, and not just because I am uh, literally the first one, right? The position <laughs> did last year yeah. um, and, and it does now. Um, but because of the, the route um, that, that I, I took to get here. Um, like, like I said uh, a, a moment ago, this, this position didn't exist last year. Uh, and over the, the what, what made it exist was in, was in large part, um, I had a conversation with a few other members of the student government, and I said that this is something that needs to happen. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I, I, I sat down, uh, and I, I wrote some legislation, I, I worked with a number of people to make this position exist. Um, and and I, I, I don't, I can't remember, at least within student government, a time where we said this is a need that needs to be addressed, and we need to have someone doing it. Mm -hmm. uh, and and we 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 sat down, and I was uh, able to to kind of put it together. Um, There's a constitutional referendum, so the students had to approve the position, um, and 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 they well they did because here I am. <laughs> yeah, you're sitting here with us. So I I think that's what I'm going to go with. Yeah, and there I think that there really was a sense of urgency last year and leading into this year. Um, that helped create that. Absolutely. And, and I, urgency is really, I think, helps create a lot of things. I mean, I mean, look, looking at this like vaccine and things and the way, the speed people work when there's a fire under your asses. Yeah. yeah. Um, when it's no, um, and that definitely constitutes this position. Um, and so now is the point in the conversation where we kind of get to switch things around and I let you ask me a question. Yeah, uh, this, <laughs> I liked the question about the first so much that I'm, I'm giving you that. You're giving it right back to me. What are, what are you the first at? Um, well, seemingly that you are the first at this position. I'm also the first in this position. Um, and I am a first year student, so that is another first. But um, I think that 
this is super meaningful to me because I, I'm pretty sure I've talked about it in the past, but what other freshman gets the opportunity to speak to all of these different people and the amount of insight that I've gained so far is, I don't know, I can't, like, I can't even compare it to my four years of high school or my first semester of college. It's just so many stories that, I mean, not even so many, but stories that I've listened to from all different types of people, whether it's President Katsulaeus or you or uh, another freshman who we had on the podcast has all been really good for me, I think. I think a lot of learning has happened. And as my, I'm such a talker, um, I'm definitely an extrovert. And so kind of having, kind of flipping this position and being the listener has, I really think helped me grow as a person. So I think that is what I'm a first at and that's kind of how it's impacted my life. It's kind of given me this alternate point of view that I didn't have before. And I'm- I like, I'm so happy that you were able to get that opportunity. That's great. Yeah. Well, I don't have any more questions for you and hopefully you don't have any more for me, but uh, it's been a wonderful and really insightful conversation with you, Damani. And thank you for so, uh, thank you so much for coming on. Pleasure to be here. And that's all the time we had. So peace out, Huskies. The My First Year Story podcast is a production of the University of Connecticut's undergraduate student body in collaboration with the Office of First Year Programs, Learning Communities, the Academic Achievement Center, and the Learning Community Innovation Zone. Our co-producers are Casey Jaycox and Hannah Peterson. Our staff advisors are Cody Ryan and Helena DeBald. For more information on our podcast, to meet our entire staff, and to listen to more episodes, visit fyp.uconn.edu backslash mfys. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter at UConnFYP.